0: Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about karma. Uh, But before we talk about karma, um, again, (laughs) we're going to go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com where we're all going to support me, okay? We're all going to buy t-shirts and tank tops and hoodies because we love me and we want to support me. And while we're at it, we're going to buy books. And if you already have the book, buy another one. Buy two or three. Hand them out to your friends. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the third book is on its way. I know he keeps saying that. It's, it's done-ish. I'm just in a weird uh, uh, place right now, so I can't like crank like. I just need to put it all together and get it printed. Just um, so right now, it's stop time. Um, also, there is a Patreon with three tiers that you should absolutely pause this, go to the InfiniteSparkOfBean.com, click on the link and uh, sign up for the Patreon for $1 a month or $5 a month. And, um, you know, if that's too inexpensive and you, you, know, you have richer taste, you can sign up for the $10 a month tier and that will give you access to our first Wednesday of every month Google meet uh, where um, We uh, talk about stuff So this month we did meditation and we talked about the method of meditation and an explanation about the mind and Meditation and all that stuff It was a lot of fun. uh, Very cool Um, If you'd like to just check it out though, and you don't necessarily want to sign up for $10 a month You can always just pay uh, 20 bucks through Venmo, uh, Venmo, Venmo or PayPal. Um, but be sure to get me your email address so that I can give you uh, the link for the Google Meet. What else? Oh, go to the About button on the website. Click it. Look at my headshot and read about me. Um, that is my one sheet. If you are interested in having me coming and speaking at your yoga school, at your... Middle school uh, Daycare Bible camp um, Yeah, Bible camp I'll come talk at a Bible camp I don't give a shit I will tell you guys about Jesus I will tell you why Jesus is important I'll go into it um, If you want me to come speak At your uh, grandparents' uh, home uh, Maybe at a 55 and up community And um you need me to talk to the elderly about stress management, grief and loss. <laughs> I can do that. Uh, or if you'd like to book some one-on-one time with me, just reach out and we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. That was my cheap plug. So... Um, sorry, I'm navigating some sort of a traffic stop. All right. So... Karma. Um, karma is not what is happening. Karma is uh, how the mind relates to it. Sorry, I'm in one of these weird, like, turn... It's not a... It's not a... Uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? A roundabout. It's a crazy intersection. Is But it's... And the intersection happens to be round. And there is a police officer that is there every day and has been there for years and years and years. And for some reason today everyone thinks their car is about to get searched. Um, okay. (laughs) Everyone got real freaky there for a second. Um, all right. Karma. Okay. Karma is, actually, let's start at the very beginning. Let me give you kind of the Vedic explanation of what I think of as the Russian nesting dolls of the body, the soul, and God. In this kind of model, uh, also you find it in Kabbalistic study, you find it in the Gnostic, Christian Gnostic circles, and any occult circle really, Uh, but, and this is always, just so you know, this is always my understanding of things, that, and uh, I have deep roots, in the Vaishnav tradition as well as the Karma Kagyu lineage of Tibetan Buddhism. Um, so those are my starting places, right? And the reason I've maintained those two points of view is because they make sense to me, they work with my karma. Um, and it is the root of all of this stuff that we are, you know, repackaging as new age. But what I've noticed is the explanation of karma and these things is coming from a, I'll just say it, an unlearned place. Um, People are getting their information off of YouTube, memes, reels, and TikTok. And if it's not my reel or my TikTok, you can't trust it. My reels and my TikToks are the only ones you can trust. How about that? So, um, anyway. So, (laughs) sorry, I'm I'm feeling saucy today. I've got coffee in me. Um, It is the duty of the human organism, which has an ego structure, a default mode network, bones, blood, guts, pus, shit. It is the duty of that thing to recognize its true identity as soul. Um, as in the Vedas, they would call Atman, which means self, like with a capital S, though. Not the self that ordered new Jordans, the self that really doesn't care about the Jordans. <laughs> um, so that's when we get into that language of, "Oh, I have a soul." Well, you, who's who's I? Right? I have a soul. I has the soul. Um, no, the soul has a body the soul has an ego structure meaning the way you have a car <laughs> right? Uh, not that it is that it just is using it. So we are soul or Atman self and then is the duty of the Atman the soul the self to recognize its identity as what was known or is known as param Atman Brahma or God or source or whatever. So, in in that, it doesn't mean that it's more like multiple personality disorder. It's not that you are always God or always soul or always the meat suit. It's that you kind of have to have knowledge and realization of all three, incorporate all of that into it. And it's about ultimately seeing the importance and the beauty of the human incarnation, the human birth, inhabiting a human body with its mind and all that stuff. Now, the mind is the subtle body. Uh, what is known as the subtle body is the mind, and that is the thing. The if it is a thing, um, we'll just say a. I like to think of it as an accordion file of like information. Right, it's the. Um, It is a... uh, I'm uh, being flagged on here. All right, good. So, um, that's your karma. That's the mind. Um, Your subtle body. And so sometimes people, you know, they... they, You know, karma is this, you know, spiritual mumbo-jumbo word, and then the mind is this other thing, this psychological, clinical, whatever. No, it's not. The mind is a very spiritual. It's the, it's the only spiritual component. It's like, it's everything. It's all of it. You could see it as a curriculum. You could see it as your learning apparatus. Uh, it's, it is your karma, but the things important, the thing that's important to understand about karma is that it's not good or bad. It's just what is happening. honestly the ego is the thing that has the good or the bad or the whatever it's the ego that wants you know good things bad things whatever um and that sun's really coming in from the left those of you watching on youtube my head's not freshly shaven so it's not shining like a light bulb like it would be um So there is your breakdown of the body understands its identity as the soul, the soul understands its identity as God, and then it is the integration of all three of these things into the human experience. That is when the experience starts to change. That is when the karma starts to change. So this three, this is very interesting, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Um, The the Trimudi in Hinduism, Krishna, Shiva, Vishnu. uh, And then the body, the soul, and God. It's it's interesting to me. So karma is not... Karma just is. Karma is what's happening. Uh, Karma is not the events of life. Because the events of life, sickness, old age, death, those things are going to happen. Whether your karma is quote unquote good or bad, uh, your loved ones will die, your loved ones will get old, they will get sick. You will get old, you will get sick, and you will die. That That is going to happen, that is it. But the way the mind relates to the circumstances of life, that is where you can, with the ego, choose to improve your karma, so to speak um the the example i like to use is was was when my mother died that whole process because not only was my mom dying but she didn't have to i mean she has to at some point but what she died from was kind of you know she shouldn't have died from that as they say but you know you got to go from something so You know, at the time, I could say, well, I felt as though my karma was very good. I felt this huge sense of gratitude for uh, Kimpo Kartu Rinpoche, uh, Lama Losam, Badahari Das, all these teachers, uh, Shanti and, and Prem, and all these teachers kept coming to mind. I was like, man, I'm so fortunate and blessed to have had these teachers that provided me with the lessons that allow me to sit with the death and loss of in the pain of this situation and have my pain have my sadness but allow me to be fully present for my mother to love her and sit there and hold her hand every single day until she dropped her body and in my opinion I had great karma and it gave me this massive sense of gratitude. You know, and but you know, and some people, you know, they've heard that and they're like, oh how do I get there? You know, my my dad is sick, my mom is sick, and I you gotta understand, I've been working with this since I was twenty. I was forty-four when my mom died. Yeah, it can take that long. This is the thing. It's this you're not going to find foxhole spirituality. You're not just going to like turn on a YouTube, some fucking teal swan video, and suddenly you get it. This takes practice. That's why spiritual practice is so important. And this is why something like The Power of Now is um, its a good book for, I, I guess, if you want to understand something that's already been said by millions of teachers but it doesn't give you a practice it doesn't give you a technique it doesn't give you an understanding it just goes hey this is what's happening it's like saying hey it's raining but they don't tell you how to stay dry right like there's no method to it that's why these practices or what's known as sadhana is so important meditation at the very least japa you know, chanting with the beads, mantra recitation. These things are important, man. You want to change your karma. You're not going to go find a special fucking full moon, super moon, and you bring all of your things out there and you charge them and now your karma gets cleared. That's not how that works. Um, I don't know that you can charge citrine and suddenly... like <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I know that karma is this, the way the mind, what the mind is attracted to and what the mind has an aversion to. And if you have an attraction, you find yourself drawn to or in situations that are unpleasurable, that is not, there is no external reason for that. That is internal. There are little pieces of this you are attracted to. You know, it's like when someone Finds themselves in unhealthy relationships all the time. I've been one of those people. And you know what? It was my desperate need to fucking be loved. And that I was willing to accept shit for it. Because I was it's just desperate. That's what that is. So you got to work with that desperation. You got to be able to pump the brakes, walk away, things like that. Um, Aversion, You know, you, you want something. You want to experience something. You want something in your life, but you're just not willing to. Like, think about it, right? Like, you know, some of you are going to be very upset with this. this. I'm not body shaming anybody. I'm just saying. When people see old pictures of me, like this happened to me, I don't know, a couple, oh, maybe a month or so ago, right? I'm on this like tiki boat cruise thing with my lady and, and she had some family and friends there I was talking to two people on it and they you know they're hefty fellas and uh you know christy had mentioned to them that i used to be you know, 270 pounds and they're like holy shit really I'm like yeah and i showed them a picture and i'm telling them they're like holy shit like how did you do that I'm like well you know i did this and i did this and I did this and immediately, they have excuses as to why they can't cut those things out. Knowing that those things are bad for them, right? Knowing that they, they want to experience this thing, they want to experience this, like for instance, they want to experience that body, right? They want that body and they know that consuming these things is not only preventing them from having that experience, but it's also hurting them and they know it's bad, but they're there you go. There's your karma. Like you can't stop doing this bad thing that you know is bad for you to get the thing that you want. Like, and then someone like that'll sit and bitch about how like the FDA approves like all this bullshit for food. And like, it's like, dude, but you're the one eating it. Like that's karma. That's it. My karma was at one point to be overweight and have swollen ankles when I sat and having not seen my own dick and God knows how you know, like this kind of shit. Like that's, that was my karma at the time and then I changed my experience. Your karma is your experience. If you want a different experience, you're gonna have to work with your mind. You're gonna have to look at your attractions and your aversions. I want more contentment, I want more peace. Okay, well you're going to have to sit in your anxiety and your panic, and no matter what your mind and your body tell you, you are going to have to access a level of awareness that goes, no, I'm not gonna engage in this behavior, and I'm not gonna think this thought. I'm gonna think this thought, I'm gonna sit here quietly, I'm gonna breathe differently. It's what you have to do. If you want a different experience, that's that's karma. Otherwise known as cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy, which is an evidence based form of therapy, is like the way you behave reinforces thinking, right? So if you hate the way you think, and you like the very good example is someone who is very anxious. And like, I don't know how many times I dealt with this where, you know, someone um, would come up like, I'm glad I found you. I'm so anxious, blah, 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 blah. I'm panicking. And my ex, my response is always, well, why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you be anxious or panicky? You are literally pacing quickly. You're breathing shallow out of your chest. You are acting as if something is wrong. And if you physically act as if something is wrong, then the mind goes, okay, something is wrong, even though there's a piece of your mind that knows there's nothing wrong, knows this isn't a big deal, knows that that you're overreacting, but you can't stop yourself from physically acting as if this is a fucking federal tragedy, you see? So you have to have the wherewithal to deny the urges of your body. You have to have the wherewithal to deny certain thoughts and to use a metacognition to replace certain thoughts with different thoughts, you're gonna have to weather the storm. That's it. Um, act as if I'm gonna pick up where I left off. Um, my phone alarm went off and it and it stopped the recording. But I'm just fuck it. We gotta keep going here. Um, so when we act as if, right, like. Um, I mean, I've had I had panic attacks for years. Uh, I used to be a very anxious, very angry person. Um, and that's been part of my karma. Um, even within the last couple months, I've been working through a lot of the aggression and the anger. You know, it's like certain components of my life, I would be, you know, less anxious or angry in this department, but then here, you know, I'd still find an excuse to be pissed, to be whatever. So. That's my karma, that is my curriculum for this birth. I'm gonna have to work through this stuff, you know? And what's very interesting, and some of you have heard the term alpha flow state, or flow state, um, here's an example. Once we accept, like if you run or anything like that, like in, you know, my, my good friend Troy teaches a lot about flow state. And he talks about it from not just in, because usually flow state gets described like running or cycling, and, and you do go in and out of flow state when you're doing endurance activities. But um, he talks about from a life standpoint, you, know, you accept a certain level of difficulty. And you know that this task will have its challenges, but you go anyway. It's not that you're pushing or pulling, you're just going. And that, I think, has been, has been part of it for me, you know? Like, it's certain thoughts, I habitually think in certain ways. And when I think in those habitual ways, it creates circumstances where um, I'm met with unhappiness. Because it sucks. You know, but I realize that I'm perpetuating my own circumstances, my own unsatisfying circumstances, my own unhappiness by feeding into certain thoughts that are creating certain physiological response, right? Because what the mind perceives, the body will feel. So if I'm perceiving a bad situation, something that should be anxiety inducing, whatever it is, then, you know, I... I'm my own worst enemy. I'm doing this. It's me. It is not that I need a different job or that I need to move or that I need different friends or that I need a different partner. No, it's the way my mind is relating to it. I mean, you might need some of those things. might actually suck, but you get what I'm saying. Um, You know, there's times where we know we're overreacting. It's like, man, I know this isn't a big deal, but I wish, I just, I feel, and then the next thing you know, you're doing something to quell the way you feel. Now, what I was going to say before I was so rudely cut off by my own phone alarm, um, and I had this thought, I was like, this alarm's going to go off, goddammit. Um, but in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, in all of the literature, okay, well, just any, anything, It talks about, well, I'll stick with the Bhagavad Gita because that's the thing I'm most familiar with. But Krishna talks about we are a slave to the senses. And until we are no longer a slave to the senses, then we will continue to be led by the senses and we will find ourselves in unpleasurable circumstances. Um, When he says the senses, like we think of it often from this Judeo-Christian seven deadly sins way where it's like, I'm a slave to, you know, hunger and food and mouth pleasure and, and, you know, I love good smelling things or I like to stare at naked people, whatever the fuck thing is, right? It's not that. He's talking about the nervous system itself because from a yogic standpoint, yoga whether it's bhakti, yana, hatha, you know, you're going to your vinyasa and your yin's and your whatevers, those activities are about the body. They are about, not the bhakti isn't about the body, but yoga as we understand it, like the folding, the bending, the whatever. Those things are about loosening the body, refining the body, and as you do that, you refine the nervous system so that it can sense into three-dimensional reality, samsara, uh, material existence, the gross material body refines itself so that it can feel into this human birth in a more beneficial way, right? That's, so once we work with the nervous system, we can feel our bodies respond. We can feel the anxiety, the tension, the whatever, and then we can redirect our attention away from that body and into the breath with something that's more actual, something that's more real, and then we can affect the way the nervous system feels, and we affect the way the nervous system feels through the breath, especially, the mind begins to work different. As the mind begins to work different, the experience changes, and the more often we do that, the more often our experience changes, especially if it's an experience that comes up for us often and we work with it in this way the next thing you know over time as these experiences come up again and again we don't feel as strongly about it our mind doesn't race we don't have these these bad thoughts and that is you could call it mindfulness or you could call it dual attention stimulus or whatever but that's that's how the whole thing's happening that is how we change our karma that's it. Um, I wish that it was as simple as sitting on a blanket in, uh, at a full moon drum circle at the beach or uh, you know, keeping a piece of obsidian in your pocket long enough that now your life improves. But it's, uh, this is what they knew. This is what these cultures knew. They understood that you have to practice. That's what a practice is. This, this fallacy that you're going to do this thing this one time and you're going to hold this lucky charm and the next thing you know like your life improves because you... No. Nope. That's not how that's going to work. And this is another thing that and Lama Lo used to talk about the Buddha saying this that there is the practice see so you say there's the Dharma and there's a practice. So within Buddhism Dharma just means the Sutras anything that Buddha taught is called Dharma. The practice would be Meditation, for instance. Um, If you just meditated without any of the knowledge, the intellectual knowledge, Mm. the meditation isn't going to be that helpful. Uh, If you... you, Your life isn't going to change that much. You're not going to have the realizations and the understandings that you need. Um, If you just do the intellectual and just read, but you never actually sit in meditation, then... Again, you're not getting the full picture. If you are just doing bendy, stretchy yoga, but you're not reading the sutras, you're not informing yourself through the Vedas, through the Upanishads, through the spiritual literature, again, you feel good, but your understanding is the same. There has to be two. Now, I'm saying that you have to, if you're doing bendy, stretchy yoga, you have to also read Patanjali's yoga sutras or or, or the... uh, Kathu, Panishad, or any of these things. I'm just saying, like, there has to be something that you're doing intellectually to change your understanding of life. And if you're working with whatever it is, whatever book, Power of Now, but you're also doing yoga, holy shit, that would be a very powerful thing. But if you just read The Power of Now, for instance, and like sit there and like, but you're still a frustrated mess, but you're also sitting on a couch binging something and eating Cheetos, that's you know, not going to be helpful. Lama Song would always say the bird has two wings. Um, and if it's only got one wing, that's not good. It's not going to fly. I like to think if the bird only has one wing, then it's going to fly in circles. I mean, birds obviously don't fly in circles. Anyway, that's it for karma. Um, I'm sure I cleared it up for some of you. Others, I'm sure, are more confused than ever. Uh, but... Anyway, go to TheInfiniteSparkOfBeing.com, click on the about, read about me, learn about me, hang out with me. Uh, If you want me to come talk, holler, we'll figure something out. If you want to sit one-on-one, get at me. Uh, T-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, Uh, support me that way. Books, Um, yeah, Patreon is great. $1 a month, $5 a month, again, $10 a month first Wednesday of every month online gathering 8 p.m. Eastern through Google Meet. Uh, If you're not interested in subscribing to Patreon, you can uh, purchase the link for $20 through Venmo or PayPal and I will uh, just be sure you get me the link or get me, I'm sorry, your email address so I can send you the link. And uh, that's it. I love you. Bye-bye.